0: Welcome to the Sci-Files, an Impact 89 FM series focusing on student research here at Michigan State University. We're your co-hosts Chelsea Boudou
1: and Daniel Puentes.
0: Today we're talking about self-love. Self-love is whenever you have a high regard for yourself, for your emotional and physical well-being. Self-love is related to your self-esteem and your confidence. And it's an important foundation for people to build from a very young age. By loving yourself first, you can have a much more powerful relationship with everyone else. You can live a more fulfilling life, and you can also overcome adversity. Love is something that can help people overcome whatever they're feeling, whether it's an issue of identity or whether it's an issue of other people making you feel like you don't belong. But you do belong. Today, we're here to talk to Kyle Whitehouse about how love can overcome adversity. Kyle, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your research?
2: My name is Kyle Whitehouse. I'm currently a junior at Michigan State University studying arts and humanities with a specific pathway in community engagement. The research that I did was go to an elementary school and teach lessons surrounding self-love and acceptance for your identity. I think the research is important because I know that there are kids out there who are struggling with their identity, and it's something that needs to be taught to everyone.
1: Thanks for joining us today, Kyle. Could you talk a little bit about the activities that you would perform with these students at the elementary school that you visited and what impact you think they're having on these students?
2: We would get there and we would serve food to the kids because it was an after-school program. We would visit Willow Elementary School we had lessons surrounding the topics and conversation of self-love, identity, and what we're feeling. I remember there was one specific day where we talked about like acceptance for ourselves and we talked and I know the the other students that were there with me, we talked about what kind of things that we were going through and just having an open dialogue about the things that we're going through on a day-to-day basis.
0: I think knowing who you are and having a sense of identity is so important when it comes to self-love and self-acceptance. You went to an elementary school to talk about this. People might think it's unconventional that you went to an elementary school to talk to them about their identity, but I really do believe that this is something that people need to become more comfortable with to talk to students and children about how they feel and who they are. Unfortunately, this is something that people might not be able to discuss about at home. Parents might not be accepting of their children. When you were having these conversations with the children, were you able to discuss how they can talk to their parents about their identity and how they can use love to help their parents accept who they are?
2: That's something that I wish we could have gotten to. We focus more on the student base, like learning and just like what you could do yourself. These were kids that had come through like some troubled backgrounds. So maybe they didn't have both of their parents or maybe just one and don't know really what their household was like. So we tried to give them techniques for themselves to build up their own self-confidence and to see that where their place in the world is and that they matter and that their voice has worth.
1: That makes sense, Kyle, and maybe it's something that you can expand upon whenever future visits take place. Speaking of visits, how often does your research team and yourself visit Willow Elementary School and what is the frequency of those visitations?
2: We spent like the first half of the semester doing lessons that prepared us for ourselves. My professor was Dr. Brooks, who was a really good mentor to me and to the ARCA community. We did lessons about love within ourselves and self-acceptance. We did a lot of lessons surrounding that to prepare ourselves for what we were about to get into. We would visit Willow Elementary School every week, once a week. It would be something that would be an hour long, but it was something that was really crucial because a lot of kids want mentors that they care about them and like actually want to engage with them. Have meaningful conversations and just show that they're there to listen to them and be their friend, no matter how hard their day might be or just like the week might be as well.
0: I really do agree with you, Kyle. It's so important for children, and even everyone, to have a mentor that cares about them, and people constantly need to have these meaningful conversations whenever they're trying to build their self confidence. Earlier, you had mentioned that you were teaching these children techniques to build their self confidence and ways to show them that their voice matters. Could you please explain a little bit more about the techniques that you were using?
2: So these are kind of like self-care lessons and just things that you could do for yourself, like writing a journal, like letting out your feelings. Because if you let your feelings build up over time, it can turn into a lot of negative feelings that can give you a negative self-image of yourself or anything that's going around you. So writing, reading, doing things that are self-care. I know for me personally, when I was going through things, I would go on walks and just find things to take care of myself. It's about finding what you are comfortable with and what helps you build up yourself. It's definitely not something that's going to take like a day to like figure out. It's a lifelong thing and instilling these lessons at a young age can really help their self-confidence as they grow up into early teen and adulthood, especially with everything that's going around in the world today.
1: Thanks for sharing some of those practices with us, Kyle. Whenever you were visiting these schools over this period of time, how did you quantify whether or not a change in the attitudes of these students was happening, and did you personally notice any difference in their attitudes?
2: Well, it's by week by week. Sometimes kids are having a rough week, and they might act out, but I could definitely see a change in the kids, just their comfort level being around us and about wanting to have these conversations you know keep in mind that they're like elementary school kids and it's hard to keep the attention span of the kid for a long period of time we would have to section out the times to where we could really get our point across But I think the proudest moment for me was when one of my kids, he was just spot on at the very end. The last meeting, he was engaged, listening. And the growth that I saw in him from the first time going until the very end was just really beautiful to see. It just makes me proud of the work that I'm doing and that I want to continue doing.
0: I really love hearing that the children were able to grow through this. Seeing someone grow and get out of their shell and that they are on the path of self-love is really important. I personally used to work in an elementary school with fourth graders, and I remember that I felt like it was really important to highlight the fact that everyone is their own person, that people are all going through different things, but that we can all be friends and that we can all accept each other and be who we are, and that people should be treated how they want to be treated. Whenever these conversations were occurring, were teachers in the room as well so that they could also learn about self-love and identity?
2: Yeah, they were in the room as well. It was strictly student-based teaching. They were there to listen and to help in case things were like running behind a little bit or if it got a little too noisy and we couldn't do it ourselves. They were there to listen and learn just as much as the kids were and just as much as we were there to learn and help. I think it was an overall all collaborative experience. I think that's what most community engagement is, is engagement from not only the people who are seeking to do it, but the people who are running it and also the people who are participating in it. It's a learning based situation all throughout the people who are involved.
1: It makes sense that the teachers would be participating in these conversations so that way they can learn to be able to make their classrooms a much more inclusive space whenever you have people from different backgrounds coming to get their education. It's clear that the students were the main target of this research, but did you also interview, for example, the teachers as well and try to see if the teaching techniques that they use have changed at all after you finished completing your visitation periods?
2: That's something that we didn't get to do with the teachers at the elementary school. I know that myself and my peers, we would have open dialogue with our professor after we would do it to see what went well and what he can do to help. I think that the goal, I think, for everything is to obviously help the kids, help the young children, but also have the teachers learn something about the teaching methods that they can use to adopt in their planning, because I think kids nowadays, you know, they each have their own way of learning. And sometimes if you like label a kid as troubled or not eager to learn, I don't think that's completely true or correct, because I think there are students that are always eager to learn and they're always smart. It's just a matter of figuring out what kind of learning styles work for them.
0: I agree with you, Kyle. Everyone really does have a different learning style, and that doesn't mean that people are not teachable. It just means that we have to accommodate and think about who we're interacting with. When you were going to Willow Elementary every week, before that, was there a curriculum that you and your team developed? And if so, how did you go about it?
2: Dr. Brooks, my professor, he's complete in DEI training. He let us have the forefront of the discussions and when we would wanted to create our curriculum. We identified as students and as people the struggles that we had faced in our youth and the activities and lessons that we wish we would have had and what we want to teach them when it pertains to themselves. The curriculum was entirely created by the students of Michigan State in my major. We discussed things that we wish we would have had as we were growing up, and we wanted to shed light on those issues to the kids.
1: I think it's really important that you had a professor that was already vetted in DEI. And for those that don't know what DEI stands for, by the way, it stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And to have somebody that's an expert in that is really important whenever somebody's crafting curriculum like this because everybody wants to pretend that they're experts in DEI, but in all reality, we only know as much as we've read. But there are people in this field that are experts and have studied this and can provide really great input when it comes to putting together this kind of research work. Speaking of the research, I wanted to ask you about which method that you used was the most effective in instituting a change in the attitudes of these students, and how do you know it was the most effective?
2: I believe it would be shared experience speaking on your experience and just being honest about the things that you have went through. I think is the main thing that that has worked for me personally. When I did this research, it was mainly personal based. I studied some Martin Luther King Jr. readings as well to get a better understanding of the beloved community and like how that relates into community engagement. Being honest about the things that you go through is the main thing that I saw in helping to create a more general understanding of self-love and what people are going through, just having an open dialogue. I think that's something that goes away a lot of the time in society nowadays is not having the ability to communicate our thoughts and feelings because of our own intrinsic feelings. So I believe that having an open dialogue, being honest about yourself and to others, and really spreading messages of love is the main thing that I think helped in my findings of this research.
0: Yeah, Kyle, I can relate to that. Sometimes it's very difficult to talk about what we've gone through. It takes a lot of courage to share our experiences, especially whenever they're experiences that have made us feel so negatively inside. It's very admirable that you were able to do this with children, and I know sometimes it's hard to get a child to open up let alone to talk to everyone about how they felt. How were you able to facilitate these conversations with the children? Did you all have stories that you told the children so that they were able to feel more comfortable with you? How did you build a relationship with them?
2: We were honest. We all shared our own experiences. I know for me personally, I shared my struggles with depression and anxiety and just the cloud that is in my mind about myself and the feelings that I have about myself that are usually negative and how I've dealt with that throughout my life. Some kids don't have reliable like transportation reliable places to live, not being able to eat at night or during the day. It's things that everyone is feeling and has to go through. And it's really sad to see and experience like listening to these kids talk about it. It's really difficult, but it can lead to more healing and it can lead to more self-love and more lessons to learn and to grow as individuals as we become into adults.
1: I think our audience can empathize with a lot of those feelings and emotions that you were just talking about and how you express them with the children to help them open up on a deeper level while gaining self-awareness. I would imagine that the impact that you had on these children will probably last for them the rest of their lives. And while we're on the topic of impact, I wanted to ask if there were any future plans for the research to take place at Willow Elementary again with either a newly refined process to help make this even better. Or are you planning on expanding this research to other schools that exist within the local Lansing area?
2: I would love to go back to Willow. It was such an amazing experience for me. And I know for the people that work there, I haven't been back in about a year. We have like kind of expanded on it. The lessons kind of still remain the same about self-care and confidence and love for yourself. It looks different every time, so we kind of have to adjust every time the two times that I've done this in the past few years. And next year, it's going to look completely different as well. I got to move forward into a new research with Grit, Glam, and Guts, which is a women's program in the Lansing area. But that was cut short due to the coronavirus. Next year, I'm going to be in another community engagement class. The work doesn't stop. It's always something that needs to be continued and worked on and expanded on. This is only the beginning for me. I want to continue to help people and use my voice as a platform for pe- for children, women, men, whatever. I want to help as much as I possibly can. The research is only going to grow from here.
0: It's good to know that the team will be returning to Willow Elementary next year as well. Will the team be following up with the children that were in this program previously, or will it be new students? Because I think there's a lot of value to seeing the long-term effects on what you all did.
2: It's going to be new students. It's new students every time. It's unfortunate that we're not able to see the long term, but I take comfort in knowing that there's a new group that I'm able to help. And if there is an opportunity for me to be able to go back, I would do it in a heartbeat because I know just how lovable those kids were and just how important they are to the future of this world. So I would love to go back, but there are new students and there are new opportunities to make a difference.
1: Maybe something to consider in the future is that kids that participate in this program can maybe serve as a mentor for the younger students that would be participating in it currently. Just an idea that I'm throwing out. Early in the interview, you mentioned that you performed this research during your sophomore year, and now in your junior year, you're presenting on the research results that you found from it. What inspired you to get involved with this research project in the very beginning, and why have you continued to work with this group?
2: The main reason why I did the research was my professor, Dr. Brooks, at Michigan State. Having an African-American male professor in my college was really crucial for me, He helped me learn more things about myself and get more comfortable within myself as a student and as a leader. When he pitched the the idea of going to Willow to the class, we all jumped at it. I really loved my experience. And then when I had the chance to work with him again this past year, it was no hesitation from me. I wanted to keep doing more research about community engagement in local communities because I think that's where the biggest amount of change can happen. And it's all really thanks to him. Wouldn't be here without him today.
0: I think that's testament to say how important it is to have proper mentorship. A good role model is so important, especially whenever they understand your identity and when they want to help you grow and achieve and when they want to help you with self-acceptance and self-love. You had mentioned that you're going to be involved in so many other efforts. Now that you're entering your senior year, do you have an idea about what you want to do with the future, like maybe career goals?
2: I'll be in a community engagement class again this coming senior year. It's going to look different because of everything going on with the coronavirus. So hopefully I'll be able to get that in-person contact with whatever project that might be. I'm not sure what it is yet. I'm sure the professor is working on it, but I'm eager to work on it and do whatever I can to provide my own input and to help. My future goals, I want to really just help people. I've been thinking about maybe getting into some nonprofit work and community engagement specifically with Black youth. I think that's something that I really would love to do because I know the impact that it can have on people and there are future leaders of tomorrow. So if I can influence the mind of tomorrow, I really want to do whatever I can.
1: Not many people realize just how important community engagement is to improving the overall climate of a local community, especially like one here in East Lansing. I want to thank you for all the work that you've done to improve the lives of these students at Will Elementary School. And I also want to thank you for joining us today to talk to us about your impactful research and
2: what you want to do afterwards. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. The Sci-Files
1: is hosted by Chelsea Boodoo and Daniel Puentes for Impact 89FM. Thank you to our news director, Sophie Sagan, program director, Amber Konutsky. Station Manager Joe Dandron, and General Manager Jeremy Whiting.
0: This show, as well as the entire Impact 89FM podcast lineup, can be found online at impact89fm.org or by searching for the Sci-Files on your favorite podcast directory. If you're an MSU student and want to be featured on the Sci-Files, or if you have any questions, you can contact us at scifiles at impact89fm.org.
1: See you next week on the Sci-Files. Thanks for listening, and remember, the truth is in the science.